think we're live. I think we're large and in charge. I don't know. I'm kind of lagging a little bit. So I'll wait for myself to catch up. Because maybe, just maybe, this will be done without any hiccups. Got a lot of stuff going on on my computer right now. And so maybe might have to restart at some point in time, but right now we'll just kind of figure out what's going to, what's going to happen. I got a lot going on on this computer. Awesome. Amen. So where is my Safari? Oh, it shut down on me. Wow. Go figure. I had a bunch of stuff popped open. I'll try to remember where it was at. Good thing I have my notes up here. Well, thanks for tuning in. Um, right now, I will share this stream right now. Yeah, here it is. Nothing left. Awesome. So, I will share this stream, and I'll be able to close this down. Because I think I'm pushing a lot of RAM right now. This teeny tiny little computer might not like it. So, anyways, um, hello. Thank you for tuning in again with your friend Agape Fire. That just means love fire. And I'm in love with Jesus, obviously, in love with uh, sharing his gospel, sharing his word. And um, I will definitely be posting uh, this up on. Uh, my podcast, Kingdom Revival. So if you don't get all this or you don't feel like watching video on a stream, maybe I'm lagging, whatever it might be, I'll be having a podcast on. And um, yeah, it'll be up there. So you can always uh, share um, that way. It'll be on iTunes. It'll also be on um, Spotify and a couple other podcasts um, that are out there. I'm actually podcasting with a little nifty app, and we'll just get it everywhere, all at once. Thank you, Jesus. So, this is called The Pattern of the Priesthood, and this idea comes basically from, um, I'll share a little bit of a, a vision I had, and then also, I guess I'll just share what the Lord's been putting on my heart. Uh, must have been almost half a year now, I was praying right there in my room, my uh, my living room, that is. And um, I don't know if I was visited by an angel or uh, I was sensing the Holy Spirit, obviously, but um, I was given, um, I was told I was being given a scepter of righteousness. So as I was praying, I was holding my hand out um, and I was given a scepter of righteousness. I was told I was being given a scepter of righteousness. I didn't know what that meant. So you can Google just about anything now and um, find information you need, especially if you're looking not a Bible scholar and you want to find things quickly and you look up scepter of righteousness in the Bible and scepter of righteousness is uh, a tip not synonymous but a lot of places in the Bible will talk about scepter of righteousness crowns and priestly garments and um, one of the priests mentioned in the Bible one of the foremost priests besides uh, Yeshua of course is the King Melchizedek and King Melchizedek uh, is, is a great high priest. Um, he visits uh, Abraham um, back in Genesis and, um, 
basically it's it's saying something to the effect of uh, he neither had you know didn't have a father, didn't have a mother, anything like that, and um, his genealogy is very cloudy to say the least. Some people think he's a theophany, which means it's a picture of Jesus uh, on Earth or a picture of God on Earth, um, and you know us seeing you know glimpses of what God is like. Um, and uh, let's see, my computer's been crazy. Hold on. It didn't shut down on me yet, though, so we'll see what happens. I have a lot of stuff running right now. Um, and uh, as a high priest, though, as the great high priest, Jesus then mediates for us and um, obviously made the great sacrifice for us, and we have access to the throne room. Now, this is called the pattern of the priesthood because uh, many times in the Bible we're actually called to be priests. And I will, let's see, pull up. There are some scriptures to go along with this idea of priesthood. Back in Genesis, actually, the first priests were Adam and Eve. And um, they were in the garden, uh, the first holy holies. And they were commissioned to keep the garden and to be in God's presence. And later on, uh, Exodus 19.6, uh, there are priests, Aaronic priests, serving the tabernacle. And then um, Leviticus 10.10 talks about priests being distinguished as holy and clean um, and not being unclean, right? And that's the idea of uh, having, uh, for us, having hearts that are clean, minds that are clean, um, and uh, meaning that the work of our hands will then be clean because... Uh, everything we do is um, in the righteousness and the order of, of Yeshua. Now, the description that I put in this podcast actually was, uh, it was a question. And basically it was, how do you pattern yourself after you get direction, blessing, or correction, right? And um I guess with the Lord, uh, part of what the Lord is putting in my heart is in this day and age right now, especially right now, uh, churches are coming out of uh, what, you know, some would call this uh, a deep frost. Our church is using this thing called the thaw. Um, and I like to liken it to uh, an awakening. And I believe that we are awakening as a people. I believe the whole time that we were in our... Um, our, our time of COVID and, and you know, um, the left versus the right and the Democrats and the Republicans and the woke versus the, I don't know what you would be if you're not woke, I guess you're sleeping. Um, it, you know, all these different divisions inside and outside the church. Um, I, you know, uh, some people were watching it all occur and it's like, wow, you know, didn't know we'd had all this divisiveness first off. Second off, Man, I didn't know that this many people did not understand completely what the gospel was supposed to be about. Meaning, it's my opinion that I, I, I think that some of the people that got entangled with these conversations might not have been pushed to these places if these conversations weren't happening. Meaning, most of the time when you go to church, um, the, the majority of our church life is lived... Um, in the confines of an hour-long sermon. Uh, we'll have some Bible studies, and the Bible studies are really good, very beneficial, 
Um, but most of the time, the Bible studies are engineered to kind of get us into uh, better behavioral modes. So are you, you know, are you being a better husband? Are you being a better uh, father? What are some things that motivate you into wanting to be a good father, you know? Uh, what are some things that motivate you into being a good husband? Um, so, uh, you know, I'll, and most people, I would admit, and I'm not one of them. I, you know, I come from a family. Uh, we're very loud. We're brash. And, um, you know, wasn't a prototypical uh, Christian home. So I had to learn a lot of the Christian cultural uh, things a lot of my friends just grew up with. And that's cool. One disadvantage, though, is if you grow up with a lot of Christian cultural things just embedded, you might not know why you do some of the things you do. And almost it's almost like I don't I wouldn't say it's a disservice, but you kind of lose sort of the heart posture behind it, um, meaning that a lot of people have really good foundational truths embedded in them, but they do it just because it's a duty and, or they do it because it's just what mom and dad did. Now, that's okay, and, and that's going to be the same for my kids, my three daughters, because we're laying down a foundation of love and peace and joy, and there's just going to be things embedded in what they do, and they're not even going to know where they come from, and that's okay. Um, however, there's things that I believe even I have taken for granted as I've walked this Christian life out um, and understanding things to just be the way it is, and not questioning why we do things as a church, why uh, things are systematically kind of taken as like it is what it is, you know, and not questioning, quote unquote, these sacred cows. What I'm getting to is um, a part of what we've been doing is not creating a priesthood. We've been creating um, uh, good people who will do the right thing in most moments. And... Um, the things that we had to kind of come up against, these are moments that we've never been in. So these are hot button issues that we didn't really tamper with because we, we didn't have to. It was like election time comes every four years. So we vote. Right. And maybe people share a little bit of discourse. But for the most part, it's like whatever, you know, you vote for your dude. I vote for my dude or you vote for your girl. And it is what it is. And we don't even have to talk about it. We can still be friends and it won't change anything. And truth be told, politics doesn't change much anyways. You still got to pay your bills. You still got to pay your taxes. Um, and, you know, one candidate will do this, one candidate do that. So be it. The kingdom of God is always at hand and we've always got a job to do. Right. However, priesthood has not come up. Right. And so my question, I even asked a friend of mine, um, who was a pastor, you know, or posing a question. Sometimes I send cryptic texts to friends who, who are in leadership and they're like, what is he doing? What is he talking about? And um, basically what it was is I was saying, you know, the water is being poured out. Um, the, the, the water is being poured out on all flesh. And the question was, what will we do now? Uh, will we be able to hold on to water? How will we... Uh, build sister how will we uh, pattern the tabernacles and the idea was that if we are to be priests will we know that we're priests will we as a body of christ understand that we're supposed to be holding on to water and then pouring it out so it's not so much um you know i'm i'm excited about what's going on now because 
we're asking questions of uh, whose side are we on? Whose side are you on? You know, and who do you support? And and Jesus is always like, okay, we'll give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but we're going to give to God what is God's, right? And so you have to answer the question, am I giving everything to God? Is all of my allegiance with Yahweh? Is my heart posture towards kingdom-minded things? Or have I drifted off to like thinking I'm a humanist? I'm a Christian, but I fall within humanism because I believe these things about these things. And yes, the Bible has a lot of backing up for a lot of the things we're intertwined with. However, the Bible has a certain stance on it, meaning we're for the poor, we're for the sick, we're for justice, we're for uh, right leadership, righteous leadership, but it's not uh, it's not saying that one is better than the other, or it's not going to put in jeopardy people's lives just so we can defend our country, right? Like, or um, I'm listening. I was listening to Andy Minion the other day, and uh, he was talking about making America great again. Making America great again, pre-Civil War, post-Civil War, during the Civil Rights, making America great again for women. Native Americans before we even landed here, you know, so that that's a question is like, who are you making America great for, you know, and those, th those are different sides of the aisle questions or different sides of the aisle, you know, um, uh, processes that people are having to come to the same table with. And do you come to the table being a priest? Are you mediating on behalf of the Lord? And so, this time of pandemic or coming out of the pandemic, most states now are lifted out of having to have um, masks in stores or social distancing rules, whatever. Uh, that's another story. However, during this pandemic, were you, did you see tremendous blessing? Or um, were you given a new direct direction? You know, some people had to pick up new modes of vocation some people some pastors didn't know if they were gonna uh their church was gonna make it you know so they're like okay what am i gonna do you know they gotta have a backup plan and then some pastors have a little bit correction all right there you 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 look at the internet you google it and um you know <laughs> pastors falling whatever you know pastor scandal whatever church scandal you look it up it's there and it, it happened. A lot of it happened within the last year. Now, every, things are always happening. The body of God is very diverse. People are diverse. People are always going to uh, not measure up, right? However, a lot of people were being corrected because I, I, there are a lot of things happened. There wasn't the day-to-day -day church thing. There wasn't the circuit. There wasn't the, the things that kept people going. Um, money is tighter. Tensions are tighter. People make bad decisions when they are stressed. And they feel as if the way in which they uh, did things uh, is, is not working for them either, right? So are we systematic approach people or are we people of God that can go into any desert, right? Or come out and in, enter in any wilderness. Um, the, the verse that, a couple of verses struck me as interesting. Exodus 3.19, it talks about um, uh, the Israelites leaving. Right. And the Israelites, and this is a blessing period, I guess, for these Israelites, they come out and, and God says, look, when you come out, they're going to give you everything. Right. 
It says, um, I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst thereof. And after that, he will let you go. And I'll give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall come to pass that when you go, you shall not go empty. But every woman shall borrow of her neighbor and that of her of and of her that sojourneth in her house jewels of silver and jewels of gold raiment and ye shall put them upon your sons and upon your daughters and ye shall spoil the Egyptians so you're going to come out of Egypt with everything uh, and this is the uh, King James version but in some versions it basically says you're going to dress you're going to get the gold and put garments on your kids put fresh clothes on your kids you're going to put their clothes on your kids right so they're coming out of Egypt they got all this stuff going on, right? And then in Exodus 25, God is talking to Moses. And he, he met with Moses already on the mountain. And he says to Moses, tell the Israelites to bring me an offering. So they've got this stuff, right? They've got a blessing. They've got stuff to bring now. They're not empty-handed. Tell the Israelites to bring me an offering. You are to receive uh, for me from everyone whose heart prompts them to give, right? These are the offerings you are to receive from them. Gold silver and bronze blue purple scarlet yarn fine linen goat hair ram skins dyed hair dyed red and another type of durable leather acacia wood olive oil for the light spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense and onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the ephod and breastpiece right that's a cool part right there there were 12 stones on the ephod all with very uh various uh uh, metallic properties, resonant pro harmonic properties. All right. Then have them make a sanctuary for me and I will dwell among them. Make this tabernacle and all its furnishings exactly like the pattern I will show you. Right. And so even on down, I'll go down because there's a lot in here. I like it. It's beautiful stuff. But it says Exodus 25, 40 at the very end, it says, see that you make them according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. Right. So the idea that I had, I was, I don't know where I got this. I, I was thinking about it today, but if you were shown something on the mountain, right? On that mountain, you're given direction. You're given understanding. You know, uh, go, go in the Red Sea. Uh, you know, part the seas, all that good stuff. All this is happening. This is, this is part where you're building something, and the Lord is saying, "I want to. I want you to build a place so that you can. We can share the same space. My presence can be amongst you, right?" It says in twenty-five a. I'll go back. Then have them make a sanctuary for me, and I'll dwell among them. Make this tabernacle and all its furnishings exactly like the pattern I will show you, right? So, big picture. We're here in 2021. I almost forgot what year it was today. And you're a priest. You're part of the priesthood. That means that you have either come out of this world in this time. You've come out of a correction you've come out of a blessing you've come out off of a mountain with direction and mountains are high places by the way places of power and all this has been done so that you could 
then enter into a new space that the Lord has provided for you. Um, you know, I'm, I'm reminded that the Egyptians, most of the Egyptians, did not know where they were going. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Most, many of the leaders, the church leaders, the priests, the pastors, they don't know completely what's going to be happening. But when I texted my friend, I said to him, I said, look, what happens after this time of exuberance? We're, we're in a time of revival almost, I feel like. I mean, I've been talking about it for a year now, a year and a half, and I've been telling people about it. But I'm actually seeing signs of it. It's actually um, taking me aback. You know what I'm saying? It, it's kind of cool to, to witness. There's signs of revival in my church and signs of revival in my town and my city. And after revival, what happens? Do we create revival culture? Are we going to pass this on to our next generation? How do we do that? You know? And so my question is, is how are you going to build? What are you going to pattern your life as? You know? And so here is... Um, First uh, Peter two five. It's basically saying we uh, we are a royal priesthood, right? We are a people um, that are to go into the holy of holies, right? And we are to commune with the Lord. Now, here my takeaway, and this kind of goes into how I believe we're to build the tabernacle um, and, and be uh, building ourselves up as well. Um. All of us, first off, all of us are priests. All of us are actively um, uh, participating in this role. Um, now, some of us are Levitical priests. We are worshipers. We are musicians. We are creatives. We paint. We dance. We sing. We write. We are have a we have a prophetic imagination. So we worship the Lord and proclaiming his goodness and encouraging others. Some of us are ironic priests. Some of us have the gift of hospitality. We have uh, apostolic gifts. We have the gift to, uh, gifts to lead. Um, and um, we are uh, operating in a place of showing people what heaven looks like, right? Both, uh, all priesthoods are doing that, all type. Now, the, the, the high priest, uh, Yeshua in the order of King Melchizedek is a king priest, right? So a king priest operates, and that's what Melchizedek means actually. A king priest operates in such a manner that we can go and fight for people. So we pray for people. We um, pray new prayers, fresh prayers of deliverance over people, healing prayers. We operate in a place of mediating God's word over people and over our communities and over our marriages. So um, the priest is, is building um, places where the Lord can meet with people in the spiritual realm and in the physical realm, right? So we're building new worship spaces, worship times. If you've got a, a book or some sort of artwork um, that the Lord has impressed upon you, that's something that's being built. You need to share that. You need to get it out ASAP with the fire of God. Touch that in the name of Jesus right now. Um, if you've got new modes of uh, bringing healing deliverance on, uh, for people, then you need to share that. Um, I'll share real quickly. The Lord um, showed me uh, how to build altars in the spirit realm. And I was praying with a brother and we were in my bakery, actually, and just praying there. And all of a sudden I saw 
uh, the loom room, I'll call it. And that's what that's, that's the word I got. It was called the loom room. And these this is the place where the actual priest garments, uh, the fabric was being made. And the fabric was being um, made with uh, by the Holy Spirit. And the fabric was charged with the uh, by the Spirit of God. And so the, the fabric was charged and the fabric was being used for priestly garments. And the picture I got was that as we go into the spirit realm, as we're in the throne room, the Lord always wants to clothe us in priestly garments. Going back to Exodus 25 uh, or Exodus 3.19, when they came out of Egypt, they were to wear the priestly garments. I will go to Zechariah 3 real quick, if I can find it real quick. Zechariah 3 says, a vision of the Joshua the high priest, and I'll get back to my vision. Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, O Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was standing before the angel clothed with filthy garments, and the angel said to those who were standing before him, Remove the filthy garments from him, and to him he said, Behold, I have taken your iniquity from you, and I'll clothe you with pure vestments. And I said, Let them put a clean turban on his head, so a crown or or a head garment. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord was standing by. And the angel of the Lord silently assured Joshua, Thus says the Lord of hosts, If you will walk in my ways and keep my charge, then you shall rule my house and have charge of my courts. And I give you the right of access among those who are standing there. So um, the priest is is dressed in garments. And this is a part of what I was shown was that if you dress people, if you help people see themselves in their perspective uh, from God's perspective, then they will see themselves as righteous and clean. Presenting people as spotless and blameless is the job of the priest. Um, but the first part of the priest uh, this goes back to, have you been corrected, blessed, or get, or directed? If you have had things that have stained your heart, if you've had things that have kept you from getting into the Holy of Holies, if you've had things that have kept you embattled or bitter or anger or angered or uh, at odds with even your family members, then that's something that has to be taken up to uh, the courts of heaven. That means that you have to Go before the Lord and, and obviously ask for repent, uh, forgiveness, repent, turn away, change, um, and then uh, get into a mode of uh, disagreeing with the lies that you've put over yourself and uh, essentially believed in. The lies, the disagreements with the truth put you at odds with what God says about you. If you are spotless and blameless and if you are a priest of 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 Yahuwah, or if you're somebody who's called to a certain task, you can't do that properly if you are not coming into agreement with his truth. His truth is also about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control. Uh, did I say love already? I always miss, miss, miss a couple. And essentially, the priest cannot operate in that priestly role if they first are not clean before the Lord. And it's just a clean, contrite heart. You know, it's like, you know, take away, uh, do not, you know, do not take away your spirit from me, O Lord, you know, return to me a, a clean heart, you know, and, you know, it's as simple as saying, God, forgive me of turning away from uh, your word or, or Lord, uh, forgive me for being angry with my brother or sister. Or forgive me for being judgmental 
or forgive me for being immature and holding on to something that I wasn't supposed to. And there in lies the thing of repentance is simply just believing in God, uh, taking God at his word. If you are able to do that, then you can operate. Um, you can uh, put down your filthy garments, put down your earthly ways, put down your paradigms, which sometimes are sacred cows that need to be slaughtered anyways. And you can say to yourself, look, I'm a high priest and I've got a call, but I, I can't operate in this call if I'm not moving the way I'm supposed to. Um, and so the the rest of the vision was basically that if we can build altar fires, if I, I built an altar fire and I was able to say, look, to my friend, you know, in, in the spirit realm, we had to throw our, our garments on the earthy, on the fire, on the altar that we built that I saw in the spirit realm. And put on the garments that is charged in a different realm, essentially. If we can be wearing these garments um, in the spirit realm and see ourselves as Yeshua sees us, as God sees us, then we can be coming from a place of power and victory and truth over everything that we're seeing, right? So the, the, the I guess the, the moral of the story, if that's even right to say, is that we... Um, are supposed to be patterned in a priesthood in this season. Uh, just like Moses coming off of the mountain and just like us coming out of a time of pandemic, if you've been directed, blessed, or corrected, whatever it might be, this is a time to um, allow the Holy Spirit to release you into what he's calling you into. Uh, as a priest, you, your job is not to mediate to the people as in, you know, you go to God and say, this is what the people want, right? It's you go to God and you say, what is it the people need, right? Going into the heavenlies, the heaven, the heavens of the heaven realms, whatever, the gardens, the, the, the feasting tables, the throne rooms, the many places, the many mansions that are up there. When you go into the spirit and you ask Jesus to take you up there in a time of meditation, I'll be doing a meditation later on tonight, I think, or this week. You say, yes, you will take me up. I need to go into these places to find out what it is my brother or sister needs or my business needs or my wife needs. They need relief. They need help. They need a word from you. I need a word from you, whatever it might be. I need just to be with you, whatever it might be. You can't do that. Uh from a perspective of your own intellect or other another man's intellect or another woman's intellect, you've got to be going to those places with Yeshua and taking from heaven what you've been shown and then applying it in your life and helping other people apply it. So that is, I, I think I'm done. I think I've shared what I, I believe I was supposed to share. Um, and let's see here. I might have one more scripture to share to get us out of here it says Ephesians 2 19 2 19 through 22 right and it says here uh, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, 
that you being rooted and grounded in love, you may you have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So, um, I'm going to get out of here. We'll just pray for uh, brothers and sisters near and far. Pray for revelation. Um, and pray that we can start to be patterned uh, as a mature body of believers. Pattern, pattern of the priesthood. So, Holy Spirit, my my prayers for the church, my prayers for the, the leaders, my prayers for those who are looking to go deeper into you, into your word, into your way. And Lord, you just, I'm first off, just asking that you quicken us. Show us any areas that have been, we've been blind to over the last year or even weeks, months, things that we might not have seen. We've been so clouded by our own thoughts and desires, our own fears whatever it might be. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would allow us to move with boldness into this, this understanding that we're called, we're purposed into something new. That God, the world needs us. Um, and that, Lord, we are here to do a job. That God, we have you. We have salvation. We have uh, re restored lives. We have marriages and uh, we have lives, personal lives, you have businesses that have been touched by you. Lord, I pray that you keep all those. Let the blood of Jesus just touch everything that we touch. Let the blood of Jesus cover everything that's under our stewardship. Protect it all. Let it flourish. And God, let us have no let us not have any fear. Let us not walk in any fear or any judgment, any condemnation that the enemy might throw our way. Holy Spirit, we pray a uh, uh, hedge of protection over our bodies of Christ. Uh, we pray against cynicism and division in the name of Jesus in our churches. And I pray for unity, that uh, no one brother, no one sister has it all right. We all need Jesus. And that even though we might have our differences, Lord, we can come to the same table and feast with you, Jesus, and look into your eyes and know that it is only by your blood that we even have access to the table. So Holy Spirit, as we understand we have access to this great table of feasting, Lord, allow us to uh, drink deeply of your new wine. Allow us to eat heartily of your bread that fills us to the brim. And God, show us words, give us revelation, allow us to experience encounter with you that changes us from the inside out so that, God, we're no longer held down by our own earthly desires. And then, Lord, we can start to see the world. We can be patterned as a priest, but we can be patterned as men and women that want to um, uh, lay down ourselves, lay down uh, sacrifices, lay down time, lay down energy, lay down our love. So that, Lord, it can be a pleasing aroma to you. Lord, let a, let a fragrance be lit let fragrance be let. Let fragrance uh, run up to your nostrils. Let uh, song and worship and dance and writing, new modes, new modes of, of, of worship, new modes of counseling, new, 
understandings of joy and peace, all of it. Let it let it come up now. We're in a new day, a new age, a new season. And Lord, you're calling us out. You're calling the remnant out to do your work, to do a new work in this jubilee time, Lord Jesus. Pray in the name of Jesus for anybody who's watching this. Let them be blessed. Let them be tremendously multiplied over their finances. Let angels of favor and angels of opportunity visit them. And let them see a fruit as they give and pour out. Let them see fruit as they give up of their time or their energy, whatever it might be. Let them see fruit. God, let them see you at work in their lives. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for visiting, checking it out. I'm sure that somebody might watch this in the future. Uh, I'll be putting this on the podcast. So thank you for checking it out and uh, glad to be with you. Peace out.